0: Welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks, favorinos, and homilies from Loper Catholic and the St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work on the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska, by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at lopercatholic. Now, enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self And please pray for us. God bless. So today, this moment, this passion service, enter in at this 3 o'clock hour to the passion of our Lord and to His death on the cross. And His death for you and I. Reflect on a couple pieces from the Passion narrative we heard from today, the Passion According to John, chapters 18 and 19 of the Gospel of John. First, just to look at, um, bless you when he was condemned by Pilate, what, what happened to Jesus at that moment? What happened to him was that he was first taken out and beaten. He was beaten upon a pillar, the Roman punishment, scourged. <coughs> Pilate said, "Let us let us beat him so that he'll submit to authority." The pillar, there's a lot of a lot of opinion on what it was. The pillar that you can still iterate that's believed to be the pillar that Jesus was scourged upon is in Rome. Saint Presidio, Santa Presidio. And it's made, it's got marble in it. the, The marble that Jesus was scourged upon. As he leaned over this pillar, he was beaten on his front and his back and scourged. Jesus underwent this as a matter of taking on our own attachment to sin and death, our attachments to the world. Those were beaten out of humanity through the person of Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, when I turn to you and not the world. I desire to make a commitment to you. And when the worldly vices turn themselves to me and attempt me, no matter how much it hurts, I'll turn to you. I'll turn away from the world and what it offers. Which is enslavement <laughs> of death. After Jesus had been scourged, the soldiers wove a crown of thorns to place on his head. There's a tree that grows in Jerusalem. There's a little site called Dominus Plavius, the place where the Lord weapons. It's called the, thorn, the, the, the thorns of Christ. It's the tree of the thorns of Christ. And it produces these thorns that are about this long. About three inches, four inches long. It's very, very hard wood. It's very difficult to break. It's hard to form. It's from that tree, the soldiers made a crown of thorns to place on it our Lord's head. Those big spears, splinters of thorn, crushing into his skull. The mockery of his kingship, the king of the universe. The king has. Authority over his subjects. The authority that God holds is simply, I will be your God and you will be my people. He told the the Jewish people, I will be your king, I will be your God, you will be my people. But they insisted on having an earthly king. We're never satisfied, bless you, with God's offer to us. So we pray, Lord Jesus. You are the true king. You are the king of my heart, king of my soul. I desire to align myself to you in the today. To allow you to be the one who rules and guides me, and governs me, provides for me in every need. I trust in you in your merciful kingship, your loving kingship. Let me never put my trust in a human king again. Then they covered him with a purple garment, a purple robe. Purple for us is not a big deal. There's a lot of people that wear purple often. At the time of Jesus, they had to pull it from one particular, uh, it's like a crustacean, pull the dye. That dye wouldn't fade in the sun. Every other color faded in the sun, but that didn't. It was very rare and expensive, but it just looked at as divine because it didn't fade. It would be like owning a Bentley today compared to all the other cars. People paid a lot of money for it. It's very used simply for the rich, the wealthy, and the king. So where, you might ask, did the soldiers get this purple garment? they clothed our lord in. When the Romans took over the Holy land, when they took over and made Israel a puppet state, they took from the high priest a a purple garment of gold. It was the garment the high priest would wear on the day of atonement. Day of atonement was when he would put his hands upon the scapegoat, the scapegoat. All the sins of Israel would be placed on the scapegoat, the scapegoat, taken out of the city and killed to atone for all the sins of the Israelite people. The Romans took that because there was one king. His name was Caesar. And they held it there in the fortress where Jesus was scourged and crowned. The garment they placed on our Lord was the high priestly garment for the day of atonement. The purple garment that he wore. It was done in mockery of his priesthood and his willingness to offer sacrifice to the for sins, the sins of the world. So we pray, my Jesus, you are the true high priest and king of all of your people for all generations. You offer true sacrifice on the altar to provide for us nourishment on this pilgrimage in this life. Help us to never be, dis- be dissuaded from our faith and turned away from our faith from the weakness of humanity, especially the humanity of our priests. May I never lose my faith because of the weakness of another turn my eyes to you and your true sacrifice often always trust in you my true high priest Jesus was sent before then the people and Pilate said ecce homo behold the man we might move past that quickly the man the phrase the man but he's referring to Jesus as the new Adam. In Genesis, God created man in his image and likeness. He created Adam. He said, Adam in the garden. Adam sinned and fell. Jesus as the new Adam has been given the mission of the Father to restore what Adam lost in the garden. Jesus is the man. Jesus is the new Adam. The new Adam who's being sent out to reverse original sin. To conquer sin and death for all generations. The new Adam standing before the people. And the people chose the fallen man, the rabbis, to be released. So we pray, Jesus... When I see you standing before me in the choice between you and the world, between the heavenly kingdom and the earthly kingdom, you give me strength to always choose the heavenly kingdom, to choose the new way, of truth, light, and freedom that we come in this new creation. Experience the shadows through the church, the sacraments in the church. And reality in heaven. when my heart beats, set a fire with desire for me, you. Adam, bring your pants, pants, pants my Lord and my God. And Jesus then embraces this cross, the wood of the cross. The cross is the dead wood, the tree of life, in the garden of Eden, When Adam and Eve sinned, they were removed from the garden. The life of the glory of God was removed from the tree of knowledge and evil, the tree of life. And the wood became docile, unable to produce fruit. So Jesus, with his bloodied and battered hands and arms and shoulders, picked up that wood and carried it faithfully, the Father has sent him. Jesus, I pray that when I'm handed my cross, the cross that I'm handed in this life, my vocation, that I may pick it up with courage and fidelity. and I put on my wedding ring as a husband or wife in the morning, I remember you carrying the cross. When I put on my cassock in the morning, I remember you carrying your cross. When I put on my religious habit in the morning, I think of you carrying your cross. When I put on my commitment and covenant to you as a, as a single dedicated person, to the mission of the church. May I remember you picking up your cross. May I put on my vocation each and every morning with fidelity and carry it to the end. Jesus was crucified at the place in the school, Golgotha. Christian tradition says that's the burial place of Adam. They need a picture of the cross to see a school underneath the cross. The school is believed in be Christian tradition to be the school of Adam itself. If you visit the Holy Sepulchre, the church that contains the tomb and Calvary. On the second floor is Calvary, the altar of Calvary. If you go down below is the Chapel of Adam. So you can go below Calvary and see the Chapel of Adam. And if you look at the wall, there's a crack in the rock where the earthquake struck when Jesus died and split the rock and the blood of Jesus soaked through the rocks and into the bones of Adam to resuscitate humanity see father I make all things new and there on the border of the hill he was crucified Lord Jesus may I let your precious blood soak into our soul today to reconcile and resuscitate the parts of my life and my heart that have grown dormant and deceased because of hurts and pain and and sin. These places of shame. May your precious blood soak into my heart to give me your life this On the cross, Jesus, as he comes close to the last breath he takes, looks down and sees his mother and bless the blessed disciple John, the beloved disciple. He entrusts to John and entrusts to Mary, to each other, and thus all of humanity. Woman, behold your son. And I remember back a couple of passages from Genesis. From the side of man, from the rib of Adam, God pulled forth one, and Adam calls her woman, Eve, the mother of all creation. Eve failed in sin in disobedience to God. Mary is the new Eve, the mother of all the living. We've been entrusted to Mary by Jesus on the cross to be our mother that gives us life in him Thus, to john behold your mother so we pray blessed mary wrap your mantle around us as our, our true mother the new he allows us to have life in your son may you protect us always from harm if you protected jesus as he grew and fell and skinned his knees he woke up ill and sickness you tended to him and nursed him he brought him health and body You tended to him on the cross Stay faithful to him unto death resurrection and ascension protect us and guide us holy mother we entrust ourselves to your hear neck heart and lastly from the cross, Jesus utters the word I thirst. At the last rest of his body, he says, I thirst. To fulfill the scripture, they take a piece of hyssop, the same piece of wood, the same type of wood they used in the Exodus, in the night of the great Passover, to spread the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and the, the lentils of the home. And take a piece of hyssop and touch it to the lips of Jesus with a uh, with vinegar, the common wine, sour wine. Fulfill the scriptures, but Jesus' thirst goes deeper than the bodily thirst. It's so a thirst for souls, for you and I. A thirst for eternity. There's a thirst for relationship. So we pray, Jesus, you thirst for me. May I always thirst for you. May the hungers and thirsts that I experience on a day-to-day basis be fulfilled by you. May my heart be set on fire with that same passion. You had for souls. May I hunger and thirst for everyone I see to know the gospel message, to know freedom that comes from you, to know you. Return back to life. Jesus, as you thirst for me, may I thirst for you. I that was the last one more after Jesus had died his heart was pierced his side was pierced and blood and water were forth if you were here last night talked about how the lambs who were slaughtered for the Pascha it would have been a huge feast like a world youth day in Jerusalem 2 million people 3 million people killing 250,000 lambs sacrificing and the blood being poured onto the altar in the temple area where did all the blood go? There was a drain on the southwest side of the altar, and all the blood would run through the drain and out the side of the temple. And there it would mix with the water of the Kidron. So, out of the side of the temple, as you approach Jerusalem the day of the Passover on Holy Thursday, you can see blood and water pouring out of the side of the temple. Jesus is the new temple, and his sacred heart is the new altar on which sacrifice is offered. May I ever be in the flow of blood and water from your pierced side. May I stay true to the gift of your divine mercy that pours forth in baptism and Eucharist, the blood and water which pours forth eternally over humanity. May my heart be converted. May I live for you alone.